We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to the Core here on American Family Radio. Glad to be with you today on the show. A historic day in this country. A historic day in this country, and we're going to talk about that the entirety of the show today on AFA at the Core. Glad to have you with us on the show. Hey, there are several ways for you to keep up with the show. You can live stream the audio, AFR.net. AFR.net, you can live stream the audio. You can also live stream the audio on the AFR app on your tablet device, on your smartphone. You can download the AFR app and listen live. Each month, we have about 800,000 live listeners on the uh, app and on the website. We are streaming the video on Facebook. Go to the course Facebook page and type in, uh, well, once you get to the course Facebook page, it'll be right there at the top. You can live stream the video of the show today. And we, um, we're still working towards our live streaming option. We did some testing this week. We're still doing some testing. We've got to work out a few kinks, uh, but otherwise it's headed in the right direction. And hopefully in the next month or so, we'll be able to launch uh, the live streaming option on our website. So it'll just be another way for you to utilize our resources here at American Family Association and American Family Radio. Well, we're going to have on with us today two special guests. We're going to have the brains of the case that the Supreme Court ruled on, Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Center. We're going to have the brains of that legislation, the motor, the engine behind the legislation, our own Jameson Taylor uh, on with us. He works in our governmental affairs division over at AFA. We're going to have him on with us. Uh, Last segment to talk about their ruling from the Supreme Court this morning. We're also going to have on with us Louisiana Senator, um, Louisiana State Senator, rather, Beth Mazel on the women's sports bill. On the Mike, Mike, Mike Mazel. Sorry about that. That's another another guess. But we're going to have on Mike Mazel, um, Sheriff Mike Azell from Mississippi. I was reading a guest for for in the in the pending weeks ahead. Sorry about that. Uh, we're going to have on with us next segment, Sheriff Mike Azell. He's a Republican, and he's running in the state of Mississippi. Uh, he's running in the 4th Congressional District. Got a primary runoff there, so we're going to have the sheriff on to talk about where he stands on the issues and uh, what the voters care about in the 4th Congressional District in the state of Mississippi. Well, our scripture for today, you know, we were in Psalm chapter 28 earlier this week. Well, We're going to be in Jeremiah today. I think it's fitting. I think it's fitting considering what the Supreme Court just ruled. Oh, just a couple hours ago. Jeremiah 1, verse 5. Jeremiah 1, verse 5. And for those who have been 
who have had their head in the sand the last three hours or who've just been busy, the Supreme Court this morning, as of about 928 Central this morning, the U.S. Supreme Court in a 6-3 to decision overturned Roe v. Wade, completely gutted Roe v. Wade. It wasn't a ride the fence. It wasn't a partial. It wasn't parsed out. They gutted Roe v. Wade, the Supreme Court did, in a 6-3 to decision. Some are saying 5-4. to That's not true. The ruling was 6-3, to and I'll explain that in a little bit. But back to our scripture, Jeremiah 1, verse 5. Listen to this. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nation. So we're talking Jeremiah here. But the same applies to you and me. Listen to this. Verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb. Before you were conceived is what, what, what we're saying here. God knew you. Human life begins at conceptions. Uh, God's word clearly articulates that. And the Supreme Court case today affirms God's view, God's standard of human life and protecting human life. How does it do so? It sends it back to states to allow states to properly protect unborn babies. And so that's what the issue is today. That's what this is all about, is about protecting unborn babies and properly uh, understanding the Constitution and the role of the court system in this country. Well, I brought several quotes from the Alito opinion. And folks, I, I just want to emphasize the seriousness of this ruling. The 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 joy that is taking place across this country, the this this the soberness of the moment is you know, something I haven't experienced yet up until now. I mean, this is this is one of the, if not the, most consequential rulings in American history since the founding of our country, and it took place this morning, and we want to bring that to you today. Well, here's a couple um, quotes from the majority opinion, and by the way, I mentioned six to three. It was six to three. You know, you read the headlines from other places. They're like five to four, five to four. This was a, you know, a, a split decision. No, it was six to three, six to three. That states can regulate abortion. That states can say, no, 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 we're protecting babies. No more killing babies in our state. That's what this ruling has to do with. Here's the backgrounder on the six to three decision. Voting in the majority, this is from our own news service, American Family News. Voting in the majority were Justices Samuel Alito, Clarence Thomas, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett. All right, that's five, but listen to this. Chief Justice John Roberts filed a separate opinion agreeing with the court's decision to uphold the Mississippi law. All right, so, yeah, Justice Roberts, he felt the need to write his own opinion, but he agreed fundamentally, with the other five justices. So this is 
a six to three decision. All right. And anyone who tries to tell you otherwise is misleading you. This is a six to three decision with Chief Justice John Roberts siding with the majority. All right. Even though he wrote a separate concurring opinion, which is very common. All right. It's very common. Um, he agreed with the fundamentals of the case, of the majority case, uh, uh, relitigating Roe versus Wade. Uh, this overturns the 1973 landmark case, Roe v. Wade. And how this all began was in the state of Mississippi, my home state, this, this uh, law in Mississippi banning abortions after 15 weeks began in here in this state, in the Magnolia State, was litigated through the Fifth Circuit and then made its way to the Supreme Court. And uh, here we are today, and we'll continue to bring more information on that. But back to these uh, quotes. I mean, these are powerful quotes from the Supreme Court. And this is this is the Supreme Court we've needed for decades. I mean, where has the Supreme Court been? Well, here they are. We need concrete, we need clear rulings from the courts. We don't need the mumbo-jumbo the, the uh, you know, the logic hula hoops, the, you know, running in circles and nobody knows what's going on. No, we need, we need clear rulings, clear set opinions from the court to give direction to the country. And that's what they did today. Listen to this, folks. This is a section. I'm going to read a few sections from the ruling. Listen to this from Alito, from the majority opinion. Quote, Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. Its reasoning was exceptionally weak, and the decision has had damaging consequences. And far from bringing about a national settlement on the abortion issue, Roe and Casey have inflamed debate and deepened division. It is time to heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representative. This is nothing short of miraculous. The fact that six Supreme Court justices with all the threats, all the intimidation, all the violence... Six Supreme Court justices had the courage and boldness to stand for what is right. It gives me hope. Moving into some of the other statements, declarations from Alito. Let's uh, let's look at Alito. This is Alito talking about. The road decision usurping power. Boy, did it usurp power. Quote, Roe was on a collision course with the Constitution from the day it was decided. Casey per, uh, perpetuated its errors, and those errors do not concern some arcane corner of the law of little importance to the American people. Rather, welding nothing but raw judicial power the court usurped the power to address a question of profound moral and societal importance that the Constitution unequivocally leaves for 
the people. Another one. This is this is gold, folks. This is gold. Roe, quote, quote, Roe found that the Constitution implicitly conferred a right to obtain an abortion, but it found it failed to ground its decision in text, history, or precedent. It relied on an erroneous historical narrative. It devoted great attention to and presumably relied on matters that have no bearing on the meaning of the Constitution. It disregarded the fundamental difference between the precedents on which it relied in the question before the court. It concocted an elaborate set of rules with different restrictions for each trimester of pregnancy, but it did not explain how this ver- veritable code could be teased out of anything in the Constitution. The history of abortion laws, prior precedent, or any other cited source, and its most important rule was never raised by an opinion, any opinion of the court party, and has never been plausibly explained. Last, uh, last but not least, here's the uh, concluding paragraph in the opinion. Abortion presents a profound moral question. The Constitution does not prohibit the citizens of each state from regulating or prohib- prohibiting abortion. Roe and Casey arrogated that authority. We now overrule those decisions and return that authority to the people and their elected representatives. Folks, I've never seen, and I'm not an expert either, so take it for what it's worth. I haven't read a more a more clear ruling in my time reading a, a Supreme Court opinion, Supreme Court rulings. I'm sure there's some out there, but at least not on this magnitude. I've never read a more clear and articulate Supreme Court ruling that settles this issue. Now the fight moves to the states where we outlaw abortion in all 50 states. That is the goal. That is biblical. That is our calling. Abolish the murder of babies in all 50 states. More on this after the break. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The American Republic was founded on the principle that rights are given to us by God, not men. As a result, men nor government can take them away. That's why our Declaration of Independence refers to our rights as inalienable rights. Government's role, then, is to protect the rights that God has given to us. The first freedom listed in the Bill of Rights, which government is entrusted to protect, is religious liberty. The founders did this because they knew that free exercise of religion is the fulcrum for all liberty. Wherever the flame of religious liberty is extinguished, all liberty is imperiled. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Girls can struggle with acceptance from peers and sometimes within their own families. The lack of maturity and perspective due to youthfulness can color their outlook on how they view these interpersonal relationships. Help your girl feel accepted by assuring her of your steadfast love and guidance. Show her your acceptance by speaking good words of truth and encouragement. Teach her to turn to the Lord in prayer for strength and thanksgiving for her God-given attributes that make her unique and wonderfully made. Words have power to heal and to hurt. Proverbs reminds us that anxiety weighs us down in the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. Let's all choose kindness today. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. You can learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. If you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses, watching your hard-earned dollars just flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare has a new option called MediShare 65+. Plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's healthcare bills, and it really is a community. People encourage and pray for each other. And MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B that fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. It's great for peace of mind. You can use your Medicare-approved doctor and get prescription savings, dental and vision savings, Very worth looking into, and it's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're great to talk to on the phone. Here's the number. Call 833-45-BIBLE. That's 833-45-BIBLE. 833-45-BIBLE. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to the core here on American Family Radio. Glad to have you with us today on the show this historic day where one of the most egregious rulings some 50 years ago was just overturned by the Supreme Court. A 50-year fight to save babies and to get this horrendous ruling overturned uh, has just taken place this morning. So that's the focus of the show today. Hey, we do want to bring on somebody to get their input uh, their view of what's happening today in our country. Uh, we have on with us Sheriff Mike Ozell. He's a Republican running for the uh, U.S. Uh, congressional seat in District 4 in Mississippi. He's running for the District 4 seat. He's in a primary there uh, in the state of Mississippi running uh, for uh, Congress for the seat uh, to advance to the general election and uh, and be elected in the District 4 general election for Congress. Uh, Sheriff, thanks for so much for coming on the court. Hey, thank you for having me. You know, I, I try to listen as much as I can uh, to you guys uh, on a pretty regular basis. Helps keep me in line, but um, I don't always get the opportunity to. But I, I sure enjoy getting to listen uh, throughout the day. I thank thank you so much for those uh, those kind words, Sheriff. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then I want to get your uh, your input on the ruling today. Okay. Well, I'm Mike Ezell, born and raised here in Pascagoula. My dad was a Pasadena policeman. My mother was the secretary of a little small church that I grew up in. I've been in a police officer, sheriff, for now a total of 42 years I've been in law enforcement. I was elected sheriff uh, in a special election in 14, and I uh, reelected in 15. And God blessed me in 2019 with no opponent. 
And so we've got a, a good sheriff's office down here. We're one of the top uh, recognized uh, law enforcement agencies in the state. we got a lot of good things going on here. And uh, I'm very proud of the men and women of Jackson County Sheriff's Office that get out there every day, put their lives on the line for the public. And uh, it's a calling to be in this line of work. And I love it. And I've enjoyed it my whole life. Well, Sheriff, uh, what do you, what do you, what's your feedback on, what's your, what's your reaction to the Supreme Court overturning Roe versus Wade this morning? Oh, it, this is such a wonderful blessing. It's way overdue. Uh, you know, as a, as a father, a grandfather, a son, a husband, a family man, a Christian, I am just so happy uh, to see this happen. And, and we can only imagine what the future is going to hold for America since this has been overturned. I mean, this is just a, a wonderful blessing from God. We couldn't be more happier for it. Mm. And thank God it started here in Mississippi. Yes. Amen. Started in the state of Mississippi. You know, people try to yep. rag Mississippi. I see them all the time do it. Mississippi right. is leading the charge in protecting babies. That's one of the most righteous things yep. uh, we can do in this state, in this country. So good for the state of Mississippi. And I am a little biased uh, because I am a oh. Mississippi <laughs> Mississippi gentleman. Well, uh, Sheriff, before I let you go, what are the voters in the 4th Congressional District in Mississippi, what are, is on their mind this primary election cycle? Well, you know, number one is these high gas prices. Number two is inflation. Number three is just the uh, general overall uh, disconnect with the Biden administration. And, you know, we have our, our Mississippi values here, and we want to keep them there. And that's one of the reasons why I got in this office. I love my state. And I love my country. But the people are very concerned about what's going on around the country, and that's why I got in. You know, I've got an eight-year-old granddaughter, and everywhere I go, we talk about some of the same issues. And, you know, I love my kids, my granddaughter, and, and my family. And I just I want to fight for all of those folks, the uh, folks I know and the ones I don't know. And I've done that for 42 years of my life, and I'll do that if people bless me and send me to the Congress. Amen. Well, uh, one last question. I'm like a, I'm like a Southern Baptist pastor. Uh, pastor, one one more point out out of my seven points, and then I go on for another hour. No, seriously. Uh, one more question. Should you be elected in the general election to the U.S. Congress representing the fourth congressional district? Uh, would you vote in Congress, or would you vote against sending money to Planned Parenthood and other baby murdering uh, uh, entities in Congress? Absolutely. I would fight that tooth, claw, and toenail, just like I've done my entire life. I will not vote for anything that sends anything for Planned Parenthood or anything that's got to do with abortion or any such thing like that. Amen. Thank you so much for, for being bold, uh, Sheriff uh, Mike, and for uh, for representing or, and running to represent the people in the 4th Congressional District. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, thank you, and keep us in your prayers. All right. Thank you so much. That's uh, Sheriff Mikey Zell. He's a Republican uh, running in the primary for the 4th Congressional District race in Mississippi. So a lot of primaries going on around the country and um, a lot of uh, runoffs as well going on in certain parts of the country, certain districts. So we are uh, trying to keep folks engaged in that so they can uh, be informed voters and um and so we bring candidates on on occasion uh, to tell us a little bit about why they're running for public office. Well, 
Uh, I, I just added a guest for the last segment, and you're not going to want to miss this interview, but we're going to have on not only Jamison Taylor, uh, but we're going to have on Rob Chambers in the last segment to tell us uh, what this ruling means, uh, what the next steps are uh, for uh, states around the country. So a lot, a lot to take in, and we're going to bring it to you here on the course, so you're not going to want to miss it. Well, uh, before we end this segment, I want to make sure I get to a clip here. Uh, let's listen to this is Andy McCarthy, or uh, uh, some call him Andrew McCarthy, former U.S. Uh, attorney, former assistant U.S. attorney, rather, Andrew McCarthy. Let's listen to his reaction to the Supreme Court ruling this morning. Many people thought a decision such as Dobbs would be held to the very end of the session. It wasn't. D- does that suggest anything to you at all? Well, no, I, I think they're dealing here, Bill, with uh, with a. Uh, competing tensions. On the one hand, the fact that this got leaked seven weeks ago does create some pressure on the court to get the decision out the door so that it doesn't, it neither happens or nor appears to happen that the outside pressure worked on the justices. At the same time, it does ratchet up security concerns about the justices and their families. So that's a, you know, that's another factor that pushes them in the direction of getting it out when it was ready to go. Uh, You know, I actually thought that it would be in the last batch, and I don't even know if today will be the last batch or not. Nine would be an awful lot for them to get through in one day. But I just think that, you know, I thought the court handled this uh, from top to bottom in a very professional way. I hoped that they would get the decision out quickly, but once they didn't, I think they were trying to show a stiff spine determination that they were going to do their work. They were going to do the kind of caliber work not only that the Supreme Court characteristically does, but that is demanded by this moment. And when it was ready to go, they let it go. So that's that's an interesting take, and I can't say I disagree with it because you had you had one or two options here. You know, we had the leak, which, by the way, who leaked the Supreme Court draft opinion? We got to find that out. We've got to find that out. Who leaked the Supreme Court draft opinion? Whose clerk leaked the Supreme Court? draft opinion, because if we don't get to the bottom of that, then in the future, we'll just see leaking after leaking after leaking of draft opinions that certain clerks or certain justices, might I add, don't like. So we still got to get to the bottom of that. But in the meantime, the court had two options. All right. The court had two options. Let's release the opinion ASAP. Let's release the opinion ASAP and, and try to protect these justices go ahead and get this out there get it out of the way or let's hold it and release it in our timing when we say uh, we want to release it so the latter is what they chose and i can't say i disagree with it i did state multiple times i think for security reasons they should have released the opinion sooner they should have released it as soon as it was ready they should have released it sooner to relieve the security pressure uh, uh, with the justices, because as I mentioned, if, if, if someone had taken out a Supreme Court justice, I'm talking about if someone had assassinated, which they attempted, by the way, to assassinate a Supreme Court justice, that would have nullified this entire case. All right. So so the incentive was out there for, for a left wing radical to knock off one of our Supreme Court justices. Thankfully, they didn't. Now we have the ruling uh, down today. And I don't know what's going to happen in the country. You know, I don't know if what kind of what level of violence is going to take place but i know we are dealing with a very vile people we are dealing with a very vile people these are people who are in favor of killing little babies in the womb dismembering their bodies 
And so to, to think that these folks will not will not uh, lean on or rely on fear, intimidation, bullying, threats, and physical violence, you're naive. All right? You're naive to think uh, that these folks that are in favor of abortion will not resort uh, to that type of behavior. Clearly, they're all about violence as long as it fits their narrative. And that's been clear in the last few years. So we'll continue to keep an eye on that. But the courage displayed by these justices, I mean, th- this is now, now now constitutionally, legally, morally, they're on the right side and it's an easy call. All right. But we can't ignore the cultural, societal, governmental peer pressure that that was that was uh, persisting around this ruling, because you've got you've got Hollywood, you've got the media, the news media conglomerates, you've got Washington D.C., you've got the liberal bastions of New York and California and Illinois, and and and, and nations around the world that have all been promoting, defending, and in favor of infanticide and killing babies at all stages of life. This has been going on for 50-plus years, and so to overturn this full stop, it takes tremendous courage and boldness, and that's what the Supreme Court uh, displayed this morning. And there's two other cases that I don't think it's accurate to say they're as consequential, but they are very consequential uh, because you can't. You can't really compare this uh, Roe v. Wade overturning with anything else uh, other than, you know, some some human rights and slavery cases that took place um, decades upon decades ago. But in the in the victory arena, the Supreme Court is just blowing it out of the water. By the way, Donald J. Trump deserves credit, full credit. There would be no overturning of Roe v. Wade had Donald Trump not been elected president and had Donald Trump not nominated three Supreme Court justices uh, to the U.S. Supreme Court. But the Supreme Court struck down a New York gun law that had been in place for decades. This New York gun law um, had been very restrictive. You had to have a license to carry a firearm. And a new, uh, the Supreme Court just, uh, you know, up front, cut the, uh, the the New York law down. Also, there was a Maine case where uh, the state of Maine was discriminating against religious schools, against Christian schools, through their voucher program. And the Supreme Court said, you can't do that. You can't do that. We're not, we're not telling the Christian schools or the religious schools that you can't participate in government programs because of what you guys believe. That's that's textbook discrimination based on religious viewpoint. And so the Supreme Court ruled 6-3 to three that Maine cannot discriminate against religious schools in their uh, tuition aid program in the state of Maine. So, folks, uh, the Supreme Court at this rate is just knocking it out of the park. It's just knocking it out of the park. And, you know, the the the, the, the there were several people— that uh, several groups, large groups that opposed Donald J. Trump in the general election in 2016 for all their different reasons, 
But the the hard reality, and I hope this is this is a learning moment. The hard reality is that had Hillary Clinton been elected, this ruling would be six to three in the opposite direction. It would be another terrible ruling from the Supreme Court, cementing Roe v. Wade. The case may have not even been heard before the Supreme Court had Hillary Clinton nominated three radical anti-Constitution judges on the Supreme Court. And so, so all the Donald Trump haters out there, all the people who questioned my faith and my devotion to the Bible because I dare vote for Donald Trump, this is a moment of humility for you. This is a moment of humility for you because, after all, all of the evangelicals that showed up at the ballot box in 2016 for Donald J. Trump, they were on the right side of history. They were on the right side of history. And had those Christians sat on their hands and acted self-righteous and not engaged in the civic process that America affords us, then babies would continue being slaughtered by the millions as we think we're being righteous. But because Christians had conviction, and they said this country is headed in the wrong direction, and we need change in Washington, D.C., because of that, we now had Donald J. Trump as president, three new Supreme Court justices, and now millions of babies across the years are going to be saved as a direct result of the Trump presidency. So that cannot be forgotten. How we got here cannot be forgotten. This this catapults Trump's presidency to one of the greatest presidencies in American history. Before that, you could debate. Before this case, you could debate, well, he was good. He was, you know, probably top 10. This case and this Supreme Court catapults the Trump presidency to one one of the most influential, providential, historical presidencies in American political history. This must not be forgotten. And we'll continue discussing it after the break. AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. You're going to want to stay tuned. Dear One Million Moms, I've always thought that maybe your organization was making a mountain out of a molehill. But today, I cannot believe what I just saw on my TV. Concerned about the trash flowing into your home through today's media that simply will not censor itself? Make your voice heard. If you see trash in the media, tell us. Use the Submit Trash button at 1millionmoms.com. That's 1millionmoms.com. And thanks. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute. No way. There's a way. The Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. 
We're not joking. In this time, we celebrate that Roe versus Wade has been overturned with great joy. Roe versus Wade has been responsible for the slaughter of over 63 million babies. Now the decision to abort a child will be left in the hands of the states, and sadly, abortion will continue in the most liberal states. Over the past 16 years, Preborn has positioned their clinics in the top abortion cities where 50% of abortions take place. Preborn's work of saving babies' lives will continue at an even greater level as they fight Planned Parenthood and now defend their centers from the radical hate groups who want nothing more than to shut them down. Preborn's response is entirely dependent on you, the pro-life community. Would you consider a tax-deductible gift of any size? Your gift will save babies' lives and help keep preborn centers safe so they continue their life-saving work. To donate, dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby. Or go to preborn.com. The Raising Godly Boys Minute with Mark Hancock. In 1899, an inventor put batteries in a tube and created a portable electric light. There was only one problem. The light would only stay on for about three seconds. The device did not sell well, and people jokingly called it a flashlight. (laughs) Today, of course, the flashlight is a household staple, with some models staying lit for at least 50 hours. As the parent of a teenage boy, it's easy to feel like that inventor. Your son may only behave or listen for brief flashes at a time. But let me encourage you, continue to be as consistent as you can with your discipline. It may be hard to believe, but someday your boy will be a light. To learn about raising boys to be godly men, visit Trail Life USA or RaisingGodlyBoys.com. Download free resources to help you at RaisingGodlyBoys.com. 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 AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Core here on American Family Radio. Well, we have some special guests with us. Uh, this segment we have on with us Rob Chambers. He's Vice President of Policy and Legislative Affairs at the American Family Association. He's also an Executive VP over at AFA Action, which is our governmental affairs arm of AFA. And we have also have on with us one of his team members, Jamison Taylor. He's a Director of Policy and Legislative Affairs here at AFA. Same title over at AFA Action. Uh, Rob, glad to have you on. Thanks, Walker. Glad Jamison, to be here. glad to have you on with us on the phone. Thank you. Yeah, it's a great day. This is, you know, I wasn't going to do this show live today, Rob, but but you can't not do the show live on Amen. a historic day like this. So yes. what's your initial, I know you, you need to read the opinion. It's 200, it's it's very lengthy. Uh, but what's your just initial response to this case? I'm just I'm just overwhelmed. Uh, it's it's just something that uh, for for years that, that we've been working toward, hoping toward, praying over, I mean, praying in earnest. Mm. I mean, just seeing what is happening and to God be the glory. Amen. You know, he says, uh, mm. you know, pray that he, his kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven. And uh, and God honors all life. And so I'm just uh, just so thankful to be uh, be a, a, to be alive at this point in time, to be able to see what mm. God has done. You know, God tells us to remember. Yes. Remember what he's yes. done. This is not what any man uh, has enabled anybody to do. God, yeah, God, this is God. God's yes. all the glory. There's a lot of team players in this, uh, mm. but I'm just. It's just really amazing to really sit back and just see this is what's happened. I mean, this yeah. is for the people that were were bound in slavery, 
And uh, this is a time. This is uh, you know this is on par with that when when slavery was uh, was abolished. Yes. And so it's just uh, we we get to live in this time and we get to see what God is doing, and we're going to get to see uh, the people's heads spinning that are beholden to to death. Yes. And uh, and so God protect us and and all of us that would be standing for uh, righteousness. Yeah, providential. You know, you you read throughout American history, and where you know. Uh, George Washington's acts were providential, and you can go through, you know, many, many other cases of God's hand being on this country. But in my life, there, as far as at a national level, there aren't just a whole lot of times where I go, God's hand is in that. God's hand, God is pleased with that. This is a case where in the in the history books of this country, it will be described as providential. Uh, Jameson. What's your initial feedback? Did you think the court would come down this clear, this hard against Roe v. Wade? I did not until very recently. Really, um, when we had that leaked draft from Justice Alito, uh, at, you know, at first I saw that and uh, thought, wow, this is, this is really bad news. But then I saw the reaction of the American public and— and a lot of folks were like, okay, well, we're just going to let the states decide. Mm-hmm. And even on the pro-abortion side, I saw them kind of recognizing, hey, we have, we've lost. Maybe it's going to be better for us to fight this at the state level. And I think that for the integrity of the courts, not because of the leaked draft, but because Roe is such a poorly argued decision, it is a decision based upon lies, it's such a poorly argued decision that the court had to reverse Roe v. Wade. We got to a point as a country where American voters recognize that Roe is just simply not credible. And that's the, that's the uh, wonderful thing about the Alito opinion that came out today. It's very strong, very clear. We have a 6-3 decision that's very clear that the U.S. Constitution does not protect the right to abortion. Mm. This is an issue for the states to decide. It's an issue that the states have always decided throughout the course of American history. And there are going to be many states that are, that are going to choose to protect life. And this is just a wonderful thing, you know, that, that God, this victory that God has brought about. Mm, amen. You know, uh, Rob, AFA, yourself, uh, Jameson have been in on this literally from the very uh, beginning, from the conception of the law, the 15-week law in Mississippi years ago. Uh, that went uh, through the, the the state court system or the the federal technically federal but in in Mississippi it went to the federal court of Mississippi uh, made its way to the Fifth Circuit and then finally made its way uh, to their Supreme Court so we've been we've been AFA Jamison yourself we've been involved in this from the very early days of this legislation that is now uh, in the form of a Supreme Court uh, opinion so that being said looking ahead, You've got 50 states in the union. What should legislators, governors be thinking about, be considering in the days and months ahead? Well, I think they should be thinking well, about. Know. Sorry, sorry, Jameson. I'm going to let Rob Rob pitch in and then I'll, I'll pitch it to you. Sounds yeah, good. Yeah, I think uh, what they need to be doing is is the very thing that what the Supreme Court uh, said. there There is no fundamental right to abortion. Hmm. Uh, and and that should be the case in in every fifty uh, states of the United States of America that there is no right. And uh, of course, 
you know, we as Christians, American Family Association, we believe that all life is sacred, created in the image of God. I mean, David even said in sin, you know, did my mother conceive me? Mm-hmm. So therefore, there was a there there was a soul there uh, at conception. Because how could a nun soul be sinful? You know? Yes. And so uh, the life begins at conception, and I, and I and I believe that, of course, we know that to be true. I mean, it, mm. if it's not human, then what is it? You know. Yeah. And, and I read I read the Joshua one verse earlier in the show about how was that? how before uh, Joshua one five before uh, God formed uh, Jeremiah in the womb, He knew him. Knew him. So even before conception, God knew who He was. God yeah. knew you and I. Yes, and so I, mean, I, I believe I, I really think that that the all the state legislators that they should be they should be in agreement with God because yes. this is God's creation that His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Government's an institution created by God. That's right, and so that that the government institute laws that are consistent with with God's nature, yes. and uh, and so I believe that they should be uh, advancing that. And, uh, one thing that I hope and pray is that, that, that people that are beholden to abortion in favor of it, that their hearts would change that would be in keeping with, with, the, with God's law, yes. that this law, um, that pro-life laws that mirror, yes. that would, and I would think, I would say that, that all abortion be abolished, um, uh, you know, across, across the land. Yes. And, 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 and Supreme court opinions and laws and policies do have an impact on the Absolutely. way people think in this country. Absolutely. Uh, Jameson, what should states, what should governors, what should lawmakers around this country be looking at and doing next? Well, I think it's important for listeners to understand that this decision does not make abortion illegal in every state. Hmm. What it does is it restores the right for the people in each state to make decisions about abortion for themselves. So now your state lawmakers and your state judges, they can no longer hide behind the Roe v. Wade decision. Your state lawmakers and your state judges can no longer hide behind the Supreme Court. They can no longer kind of you know be wishy-washy about pro-life issues. Your state lawmakers and judges are going to have to start to make decisions about abortion policy. And so what's the, what's the first thing to think about? Well, you're going to have a handful of states that have trigger laws, meaning that abortion is soon, is soon going to be illegal in those states. Those states need to prepare for helping women and families who are women who are experiencing crisis pregnancies. But then you're going to have a second tier of states in which they're going to have to move to make abortion illegal. And there are going to be a lot of conversations about that. For instance, do we allow for a rape exception? Do we allow for an incest exception, things like that. I think at a minimum, states are going to have to pass heartbeat laws. I mean, I think that a majority of states are going to have to recognize the humanity of the unborn child. Mm. With that, once that heartbeat starts at about six weeks, the states are going to have to set the bar at passing a heartbeat law. I think that's where the conversation begins. Mm. I mean, if I'm a pro-life activist at the state level working in my capital, we the, the lowest thing we're going to accept is a heartbeat law. That's the yeah. minimum. Yes. But I think really, you know, as you said, and as we all know, all life is precious and we need to protect and defend life, which means that we only allow abortion to protect the life of the mother. And we already have very clear healthcare protocols regarding that. You know, in, in other countries, many other countries, abortion is currently illegal. But they do have exceptions for the life of the mother. This is a settled thing. You know, the pro-abortion side acts like this is so complicated, Hmm. like women won't get treatment for ectopic pregnancies. That is an absolute lie. Women will still get high-quality health care 
these, you know, doctors know how to handle these issues, yes. especially medical professionals. This is, you know, this is not going to be that complicated. But I think at a minimum, heartbeat laws. But what we're really going to be aiming for is for abortion to be illegal in every state as it should be. Yes, and we well, another thing we have to do as Christians in this country is we have to work alongside lawmakers and governors to streamline the adoption process. We have to streamline the adoption process, eliminate the red tape, and make adoption affordable uh, in this country. Because there's a lot of Christians out there that are really willing, ready, and able to adopt, re- uh, ready, willing, and able to foster and do what they need to do uh, to protect human life. Uh, but we've got to make it affordable. We've got to make it accessible. And we've got to make it uh, streamlined uh, so that people and families are not deterred uh, from intervening and helping others. Well, we're going to continue monitoring this. Jameson, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. All right, Rob, brother, good work. Praise God for what happened today. Thank you so much for coming on. Amen. Thank you, Walker. All right, Rob Chambers, Vice President of Policy and Legislative Affairs at AFA, and also Jameson Taylor, who works with Rob. He's Director of Policy and Legislative Affairs at the American Family Association. Both of those gentlemen played a critical role and continue to play a critical role in uh, the case uh, that made it to the Supreme Court that was ruled on uh, today. You know, there's a lot of, I'll just go ahead and say it how it is, because I'm known to do that on the show. <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of, a lot lot of of national groups, pro-life groups that are very good groups. They, they agree with AFA on the life issue, uh, but, you know, they're going to claim credit, uh, a lot of credit on this case. But folks, there are people that are not in the spotlight that are responsible for obeying God, for being obedient vessels, and shepherding this law all the way through the process to make it to the Supreme Court. And a lot of those people won't be mentioned. Uh, Many of them won't be interviewed. They're not going to be on Fox News doing the hit shows. Uh, But they are the laborers in the vineyard. And I'm not talking about myself. I'm not just talking about Rama Jameson. But there are other people that are laborers in the vineyard that will never get the, the, the recognition. And I'm not saying that recognition is everything. Uh, but just know, just know uh, that there are people around this country that are fighting to protect human life at all stages. And we, when we come across them and when they're brought to our attention, we need to make sure that we show our appreciation uh, to those people that are in the trenches, uh, that are laboring, and just might not get proper recognition uh, in their due time. So just remember that as we carry on. Uh, this debate, we carry on this topic. Folks, this is monumental. As Jameson said, it does not completely outlaw abortion, uh, but it allows states to outlaw abortion, which is which is a critical step towards protecting babies. All right. This Roe v. Wade horrendous ruling has been a thorn in the side of this country for decades. It has been a severe roadblock, if not the roadblock, at abolishing abortion through the legal process in this country. And that is now overturned. It's now gutted completely so that states can protect precious God-created babies in the womb from conception uh, all the way throughout their entire life on this earth. This is the compassionate thing to do. This is the loving thing to do. This is the Christian thing to do. This is the patriotic thing to do. And that is to ensure that every little baby in the womb has a chance at life. And I was doing an interview earlier with a local uh, media outlet and You know, she asked about the implications on society 
And I said, look, we have a constitution aimed at protecting people and their rights, but if we're not allowing people to live, how are they going to be protected by the Bill of Rights if they don't have a chance at breath and they don't have a chance at life in this country? So everyone deserves a chance at life in this country. Every life deserves protection. And we've got to abolish this this stain on our country. We've absolutely got to abolish this stain on our country. Well, let me close us in prayer. We need to praise God for what's happening today. We need his wisdom. We need his guidance on this country. So let's submit ourselves to God. Let's put ourselves before his throne, and let's petition him for his grace. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing us your body the body of Christ, for allowing us to enter your throne room, Lord, through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for for giving Jesus to us as our great mediator. Thank you for tearing the curtain, the veil that divided God and man. Thank you for, for tearing that veil, literally, Lord, spiritually, for allowing us to enter your throne room to petition you the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to show favor upon this country. Lord, we repent for the sin of abortion, for the sin of murdering babies in this nation. We repent as a nation, as a people before your throne. May you continue to turn the hearts and the minds of people in this country towards your will, towards your purposes, towards your values. May we protect innocent life and foster innocent life in this country to glorify you your kingdom and your creation in jesus name afa at the core we'll see you next time thanks for joining the show the views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.